Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. So we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Um, I will sort of bob backwards and forwards into the lounge and take those questions where people have got their hands up. But I thought it might be a bit cool if I actually started to go through the forums a little bit more um, and read out your question. I'm going to start with a question from Susie. Hi, me and my partner are getting a divorce He wants me to sell the property, but I won't be able to buy anything in the area close to my son's school. Can he force me to sell? There's another part to the question. I'll answer that bit first, Susie. He can't force you to sell, but he could potentially go to court and get what we call an order for sale. Okay, if he wants the divorce, obviously the divorce is going to go through. You can't stop that. Will an application for an order for sale be successful? It's difficult to tell without further information, but if you have a child, then the housing needs of that child are going to come first. Okay, that's what I would say to that. Susie goes on to say, I'm looking at a shared ownership scheme in the area, but these houses will be finished in seven months. If I do agree to sell and go for this and our divorce isn't finalised, will he be entitled to equity in my new house or can I do anything to prevent this? What you want to do there, Susie, is get yourself a financial order. And what the financial order will do is ensure that when the uh, family home is sold, you both get your share of the equity so that you're able to then put it into your new property. And if that happens before, your new property will be protected. Okay, so I hope that helps. Right. Next one is from Gavilar 2029. Uh, Posted this at two o'clock today in the divorce uh, forum. Titled Advice Before Marriage, I own three companies with one being a property company. I plan on continuing to grow my property company portfolio, but I'm getting married in November. We have spoken about in the worst case, if we went for a divorce, I'm happy to half all personal assets. She's unemployed and probably will continue to be. But I want to keep all company money, don't want them involved and obviously do not want to have to split the company properties. She has agreed to this. Do I need a prenup or are limited companies safe during divorces? I'm in Scotland, if that helps. Gavin, obviously I don't practice in Scotland. So what I say to you is only going to um, apply to law in England and Wales. But to answer your question, I would always suggest getting a prenup. Whilst the properties belong to the company, if you are a director of that company, then it will be an asset that you hold, okay? So um, it could be something that um, she could potentially make a claim on. So it's better to have that belt and braces approach and apply for the prenup, okay? Uh, Next one is from Derry. Uh, Posted this yesterday at 10 to 1. 
My husband is withholding his financial details on his Form E, saying he is waiting for the CETV. Those of you that don't know what that is, it's a um, current equivalent transfer value and it gives us the transfer value in respect of a pension. Um, I have submitted all my information and we have exchanged Form E's. He is due a large payout at the end of April, which I believe is the reason he is delaying so he can spend it. I am now scared I will lose everything as well, have to sell house and have no savings. Can he spend this and then also get half of the house? Seems unfair. My solicitor's requested the information again and gave a deadline of one week but said she can't hold him to this. Now, if you firmly believe that he's going to get a payout from the pension, your solicitor may need to make an application for an order that prevents him a from receiving it or if he has received it from spending it okay so it will need to go to court if he's not um if he's not engaging with you i'm sorry i forgot that person's name um but if he um isn't engaging Derry, then your solicitor's going to need to make that application okay because it's really important and the reason i say that is because when the money's gone it's gone okay um you you need to be sure that um, that is ring fenced uh, so that uh, unless there's enough equity within the marriage to be able to do an adjustment if he does get it and spend it all right okay next one Mooney this was posted on Saturday 25th of March what counts as a short marriage my husband who wants a divorce says nearly four years is short though with premarital contribution it will be five years in June he says I will get no settlement well that's not strictly true Short marriages, anywhere from sort of, you know, one to two to three years is short. Four, getting on five, now we're getting in sort of mid-length territory. And of course, if you guys lived together before you got married, then we're going to count that period of cohabitation as well. And sometimes that makes a huge difference, you know. Some of my clients have only been married for five years, for example, have been together for 20 because they've been living together for 15 years and then decided to get married. So that's a 20-year relationship. Um, will you be entitled to nothing? No. Court's going to want to make sure that parties' housing needs are met and income needs are met. Um, so I don't think saying uh, entitled to nothing is going to be strictly accurate. All right. Now, next one, which may have been answered um, by Care Bear Claire, um, but it's Ronnie7366 asked a question on Saturday. Um, hey guys, I've been retired for three years now due to an accident at work and I'm still in the process of legal action against my employer. I'm in the middle of the divorce process and my ex has successfully halted the process until after my claim is settled because she wants some of the settlement if it wins. I may not win and this is delaying the divorce till early 2024. I feel this is an abusive process and basically delay tactics. The judge said the claim is a marital asset. Anyone had similar. The thing there, Ronnie, is that any um, settlement you get from an employment claim surely would go towards your income. And therefore, a bit like a PI claim, you know, when someone's had a settlement from a personal injury claim, it goes towards what they need for their medical um, care. So in many instances, we can ring fence it. So I'm surprised that the judge made that um, call, but then I don't know enough about your case. 
But if anyone else is in that situation, then um, one of the reasons I thought that was a good one to read out is simply because um, you can sometimes ring fence that as your income needs, um, particularly if you are unable to keep working. Right, Julie uh, asked a question. Julie won. Hello, I will be at the 20 week stage of my divorce next week. Do I receive a notification from the court to start the next stage of the proceedings? Also, is there a further fee for the next stage, please? So you only have one fee that applies, which is right at the beginning, and that's £593. So when you have the acknowledgement of service was returned, Julie, the court will let you know the date that you can apply for your conditional order. If you've forgotten what that date is, just log on. Just log on um, with using your login details and you'll be able to see that date again. But no, there's no more fees payable. Apart from that £593 court fee, there'll be nothing else payable. Okay. I'll take a question from the from the lounge in a sec. We'll just get one more from the um, divorce forum and then a couple of questions from the lounge and then I'm going to jump into the finance forum. So uh, this is from HRH. I've been divorced over nine years, wasn't aware I needed a financial order. They did a DIY divorce. My ex was deported back to his own country 12 years ago. Haven't a clue about his address. How would I go about a financial order if I don't know where he lives? Can I do it myself or do I need a solicitor and what's the cost? So lots of questions there. Um, You're going to need to know an address because you're going to have to serve him with some paperwork. Okay, so if you don't have an address, then you're going to have to have to get that. You can't do it yourself. I wouldn't advise you to do it yourself. You really do need to be getting a solicitor to help you draft um, the financial orders. Um, And how much does it cost? If you're looking for a clean break, and I'm assuming after 12 years you would be, if he's in agreement, you will get a fixed fee. Uh, my firm and a lot of other firms that I know do fixed fee for the clean break orders. All right. Um, so hopefully that helps. Right. First person with their hand up was Captain. Captain, good evening. How are you? Can my husband adopt my children? He has raised them for 10 years, even if their dad is involved. My kids are all over 12 and want my husband to adopt them. Say the first bit again. Can he adopt them? They're all over 12. Was that what you said, Captain? Yeah, can my husband adopt the children? He's raised them for the last 10 years. Yeah. Dad is involved um, and all the kids are over 12 and want my husband to adopt them. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the reason I, I, I asked you to repeat it is we did um, some filming today and Patrick asked me a question very similar to that, which is going to go out on the TikTok this week. But I think there's a slight difference there. Um, so can her husband adopt them? The first step I say when anyone's considering adoption is make sure that you've got the support of social services. That's really key because when you make your application for adoption, that's the first thing the court's going to want to know. You know, do social services agree with this and they'll do an assessment on the family. Second thing we've got to be really clear about is that if husband is allowed to adopt the children, then biological father will lose his parental responsibility. So biological father will be notified about this application and of course you know if if he's involved with the children he may not be in agreement to that to losing his PR 
Um, so first thing is to get social services support, speak to biological father, um, see if he's in agreement. If he's not, then you really are in the hands of the court as to whether or not they'll give you an adoption order. Generally speaking, if social services are in support of it, um, then it should it should be okay. Is there, sorry, just on the back of that, Tracy, yeah. is there, so if a new husband wants to adopt, yeah. And, and biological dad was to keep his PR. Is there a way around that? No. Or, or not? No. So once husband adopts, then father loses his PR and, and there isn't a way around that. Um, and, and that's why adoption, even though people say to me, oh, but the biological father hasn't had anything to do with them in four or five years. Because it's so severe, i.e. the PR's taken, the court will never make an adoption application without the biological father even being served with the papers. They've got to at least be served. Um, so no, no, no other way around that, I'm afraid. Okay. Just one quick uh, thing, Tracy. We've yeah. seen a lot of comments lately, and yeah. I just I want to get the opinion of, from you as a family lawyer. Yeah. A lot of people are saying that courts are in favour of mums over dad. Yeah. Is that just a stigmatism, or do yeah. you know what I'm trying to ask that? Yeah, 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 I do, absolutely. Generally, that comes from um, the fact that most residence cases, the children get to stay with mum. OK, that's not because the courts favour mum. It's because the courts favour the status quo. And typically speaking, especially in England and Wales, our society is set up so that in most families, dad will go out to work. Mum will stay at home with the children or where we've got same sex marriages. One of them will go to work and one of them will stay with the children. So what the court's looking to do is keep the status quo. So whoever has looked after the children for the majority of the time will continue to do so once the marriage or the relationship breaks down. And typically, that's why the children stay with mum. But it's definitely not because the courts favour mums more. That's all from me. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, this evening, Tracy. You Thanks. Thanks, Captain. Bye. Brave, you are up next. How can I help? I had contacted you earlier regarding... Um my case, which is a little different. Um, I've been to a different country. I went through IVF and there was a issue of physical abuse and coercion. And um, um, my husband applied for a divorce. Um, it so happened that uh, we started mediation um, because that's what he wanted. And we had a first session where he questioned my immigration status, which I didn't know had a problem because I have it for a year or more. Um, and he mentioned that after the police case, he went to some solicitors and he tried to inform the home office to cancel my visa or cancel my sponsorship or stuff like that, which I'm still not aware of. So it took me by surprise. Um, I've asked him for evidence because he said he got some letter, which last year. Um, other than that, we did start the mediation, but I'm very confused as to um, his allegations of he, somebody has told him that I own property and he wants to see property papers of things that I don't own. It may be my mother or an uncle somewhere and and they are asking for documents. Is that something that I can do? Because I don't have access to any of it. Sorry, who's asking for documents, Brave? Uh, he and the mediator. Okay. Um, well, if you don't have them, you can't supply them. And they've asked me to ask permission from my parents or from, from my uncle or whoever to provide home papers and deeds and stuff, which I feel it's it's incorrect. So I, I, I'm really confused as to 
that it's not and and the issue was that they didn't want to discuss or the media mediator was not prepared to discuss marital or financial issues in the mediation so, so, so what it, what are you in medi- mediation for uh he selected mediation to discuss financial orders okay financial order. so uh, the mediator is going to ask both of you to make a full and frank disclosure that's normal I've, so as long as you that. okay well then you can't do any more oh, sorry i don't know what what your what your question is that that's so all you I've, can do I filled the form. Yeah. I provided supporting documents. Right. He wants evidence of all the IVF costs. So I've got yeah. my statements and yeah. I've got things which I don't have in my um, my hands because okay. things were paid by cash. Yeah. So I've explained that. Yeah. Uh, he wants documents of those sorts. And yeah. um, he's come up with ideas of a property where my mother lives because yeah. it's hers. And he stated that he's found out that there is a will in the future that yeah. or my dad has actually... I think I think all you can do because obviously the mediator is not going to make any kind of financial order. Um, all no. you can do is go back to mediation and say, "Look, I've given you everything that I've got, and if you can't okay. come to a solution at mediation, then one of you will yeah. have to make a court application." But you can't provide what you haven't got. Um, and and if he's trying to challenge inheritance and that you're going to come in, that's not how the law treats this. You know, it's not an no. asset until you've actually received it. So he's kind of. You know, he's, he's stepping a little bit over the mark there. But ultimately, let's remember what mediation is trying to do. We're trying to facilitate an agreement between you both, Brave. So if you yes. can't do that and he's, then, he's continually challenging, then just step away from mediation. It, mediation isn't meant to cause stress and anxiety. It's meant to assist you both in reaching a settlement. At some point, you mentioned that if we, we don't come to an agreement, she's willing to sign yeah. an exemption. That's right. So yeah. So I've got the form ready, and if this doesn't work, because I've asked him for evidence of the Home Office or whatever, because yeah. I was shocked that he's done this after the police case happened, and he's trying to challenge and say I am a threat to him when he pushed me, he did stuff to me. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I if good... if mediation doesn't work, the mediator is going to give yeah. you that FM one form. You're going to attach it to your form A, and you're going to make an application to the court. All right. And how how are you placed with work and everything? If I have to reach out to you, I've got an email. I can send yeah. you an email for an appointment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, me, me personally, I'm I'm absolutely um, slammed right now. Slammed. However, um, the the team's growing. The team's ever growing. So it's not as if we can't take on a, another case. Yes, yes. It might okay. be that I'm obviously just supervising um, a, okay. another solicitor who's doing it for me. Do you know what I mean? But we we can yes, we I can know. certainly help. We can certainly help. Because he he's stating that any of any assets like the home here or home in a different country he bought it before we got married I can't right. I don't have claims over it and stuff yeah. which is totally incorrect I think correct the knowledge that yeah that's correct but again it's not as broad brush as that we'd need to look at other factors as well but yes it's all marital okay. assets in the beginning okay all right no lovely Thank thanks you so brave much. okay. Thank you. Just bye-bye. Just while I'm flicking back into the finance forum to answer some of your questions there, I note on the TikTok we've got Karen. So Karen helps us with our passport um, questions. So if any of you have got any passport questions, especially this time of year, you're planning a summer holiday, um, it's generally passport questions in respect of children, getting a children's passport and you don't have the other parents' consent, etc. Karen um, is on hand to, to help. So any passport questions, can you start them please with HMPO so that Karen can then identify them quickly and help answer them? Because obviously we're only here till seven o'clock. 
Right, Sammy. Sammy put this question on Saturday. Uh, financial order. Looking for advice, Sammy says. I've been in court for a financial order where it was awarded that the family home should be sold and the profit shared equally with my ex, having his child maintenance arrears taken off his share. This was all put in my name to sort due to the ex not engaging with court proceedings. Since this has been granted, my ex has refused to allow any valuation or provide me with a set of keys to complete them myself. He currently lives in the property, has refused access to me. My name is not on the mortgage. I know I need to return this to court due to him being in breach of a court order. But what form do I need to complete to get it back into court? And do you know the cost of this? Thank you. It's a D11, Sammy is what you need to complete. So it's not a standard application like a Form A or a, a C79. It's a D11 form and you're going to be asking the court to have the matter brought back to court so that you can enforce that application um, or the order that you've already got. The cost of a D11 is £167, okay? So check your financial order because it might say liberty to apply. And what liberty to apply means, and it's a clause right at the end, is that um, you may not have to pay that court fee. You can bring it back before the court if there's an issue. And given that you were given sole conduct of that sale, it might be that you that you don't need to pay that fee. So check that. But I hope that helps, Sammy. Right, next question is from Kay. Kay posted this at 10.51 yesterday. Uh, financial hearing, how do you prepare a court bundle? Uh, Kay says, I've applied for a financial order hearing and we had a preliminary hearing. Next one is in person, but at the time both parties were representing themselves and the order states I need to prepare the bundle. X has since now got a solicitor. The other party has not sent me the information requested and I sent information via Google Docs. They are saying they cannot access it. So I emailed it across with all my bank statements. How do I prepare a financial bundle? Is there any order to it? Yes, there is an order to it, Kay. However, if he now has a solicitor, it'll be the solicitor that is responsible for that bundle. Even though it's the respondent's solicitor, because this is your application, Kay, they will still prepare the bundle. So what I'm going to say to you is write to the solicitor and say, given that you've gone on the record as acting and you're taking instructions in, in respect of this financial case, um, please can I get confirmation that you will be preparing the bundle? Um, because it isn't something that the lay person um, would be prepared to do. There is an order to a bundle and we have software um, that helps us do it as, as solicitors, which makes it a lot easier for us. Okay, next question in the finance forum is from Lisa83. Uh, Lisa posted this question a little while ago. I have my final hearing this Friday and I'm so nervous. Submitted my bundle last week and hoping it's fine. My ex has ignored practically everything. I'm not interested in savings and pensions, just a 50-50 share of our joint house that he is still living in. Can anyone give experience of what a final hearing is going to be like in person at the court? I've done and paid for everything myself and can see why solicitors charge so much. It's been exhausting, but I'm so nervous about going to the court now and looking for some reassuring words. Lisa, I'm so sorry I didn't see this before you had your final hearing because obviously you've had it now. Um, I can see the date that you posted that question and I hope everything went well. Um, 
but the reason that I wanted to read out the question was there's loads of you that are, are perhaps going to a final hearing. First thing you want to do when you've got a final hearing and you're representing yourself is look at how long it's listed for. That's really key because if it's a final hearing listed for two hours um, as opposed to a day, then there's less for you to prepare. Okay, so if it's for two hours, chances are you're going to tell the court what it is that you want and why you feel entitled to it. Now, as practitioners, we would support that with case law. So we would we would help the judge by saying, and this case was decided, as we are suggesting our case should be decided, as was this case, as was this case. But the lay person isn't expected to know that. So all you can do is just outline your case um, and give good reasons as to why it should be settled. And always remember in finances, it's got to be fair and reasonable. You know, you can't just say, well, I want to keep the house because I want it, because I like the house and I think I should have it. It's got to be fair and reasonable. Let's say the final hearing existed for a day, then there's a lot more going to be involved in that. And chances are the court's going to want to hear a little bit more evidence. So you may even get an opportunity to ask questions of the other side. So that takes a little bit more prep, a little bit more digging. You're going to be sort of trying to put holes in the other side's case. Um, but generally, you know, if it's the lay person with no advocates involved, the courts do tend to keep it down to two to three hours, um, just because obviously uh, lay people aren't qualified to go into the whole evidence and cross-examination. Um, anyway, hope that helped. Right, next question, Andrew Paul. Andrew Paul asked me a question last week. Uh, my ex's solicitor has sent me a crazy 70-30 offer with the addition of a fixed minimum amount. We have a four-year-old daughter, which we share 50-50. Her financial disclosure is full of holes, despite being completed by her solicitor. They have said, if I don't accept in 14 days, they will take me to court. Do I counter offer, refuse or ignore it? Andrew Paul, it's, it's difficult for me to give you any kind of guidance there. Um, so the offer is 70-30. That could be fair and reasonable in the circumstances. I don't know. You say that you have shared care of your child, your daughter. That's a good reason to keep it as 50-50. But then we've got to look at age, health of the parties, income of the parties. So it still may be that 70-30 is fair. I don't know. However, don't be railroaded into the fact that they've given you 14 days. You know, if that passes, then obviously their offer's off the table. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't still make your counter offer. Um, what do you do? If you want to make a counter offer, by all means, do it. You know, what the court's always encouraging people to do is to engage in that negotiation. So if you want to make a counter offer, you can. If you don't feel ready to, or you think you might need to take some legal advice, then don't. It's absolutely fine. Um, right, let's find another question from you guys. I'm in the finance forum. So if you do have a question, um, that's where I'm hanging out at the moment. Got a prenup question here from Garty105. Garty posted this last week. Hi, Garty says, I was just wondering how you would go about doing a prenup and what the likely cost would be. Would be along the lines of us keeping all our own belongings to ourselves. Whoever owns the house keeps the house, 
keeps our pensions, keeps our own money, cars, etc. Well, Gotti, it depends. I will always do a prenup on a fixed fee basis. Depends how much, uh, sorry, yeah, how, how much is going to be included in the prenup. So are we talking a couple of items? Because the more that we're looking to ring fence, the more advice we have to give. So a prenup will generally start from around £1,200 plus the VAT and can go from there anywhere up to maybe two, two and a half. So what I'll generally say to inquiries is, let me know, give me a rough idea of what you're looking to include in the prenup and then I'm able to estimate the length of time it's going to take us because the fixed fee includes as many drafts as needs doing, as many conversations as we need to have. And then, of course, if the other side need to make changes, we will do the changes. So, you know, and it can take a couple of months sometimes backwards and forwards until we get the document absolutely solid. Um, so hope that helps. Um, inheritance question from Denmark. Denmark says, my ex and I are at the very end of the divorce process. And as we have no assets to divide, it's a clean break. However, I'm likely to inherit a decent amount in the future and want to know if my ex will have a claim on that if we are already divorced. If so, what's the best way to prevent this? Um, Denmark, you need to get your clean break order in place. Okay, the clean break will sever all financial ties. So if you have a clean break order, even if you got your inheritance the very next day, um, she would not be able to make a claim on it because that's what the clean break does. It will sever all the financial ties, okay? So you should be all right. Right, I'll take one more question from the finance forum and then we'll pop back to the lounge and see who has their hands up. Um, Rebecca's 18 posted a question last week and says, how do I keep the address of my partner confidential in court proceedings? I do not want my abusive soon-to-be ex to know his address, but also need to prove he is not living with me. Um, you wouldn't give it, um, Rebex. You simply wouldn't give it. If you are party to proceedings and you want to keep your address confidential, then you would fill out a C8 form. But if he's not party to proceedings, then you don't have to give his address, okay? Um, and the, find another way to show that you're not living together if that's why you're giving the address, all right? Okay, I'm Bob back to the lounge now. There's a few of you with your hands up. Mart, how can I help you? So the first one is, um, if there's a no contact order in place stating no contact with dad, yeah, and the dad steps and sees the child in school and keeps saying, things like your dad wants to see you, is that a breach of the order, please? It's, it's upset to my son, he doesn't want contact and is happy with the contact order by the court. Um, what? Sorry, what's the question there? So the, the, the child is happy with the contact order. Where's the dispute yeah, so there's line? No, there's, there's no contact yeah. between dad. But, yeah. Uh, he keeps the, I'm, I'm assuming it's like stepbrother or step-sibling. Yeah. Is, going on to the child in school and saying your dad wants to see you oh i see um so we can't really stop the stepchild from from saying or, or doing that um if the child isn't ready he's not ready i would be encouraging the adults to get involved here um, and i'd be getting mum to speak to dad and say look can we just get the the child to back off a little bit 
um, because it, it's causing a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of distress, and it's not needed. Um, so I, I would be I would be getting mum to try and try something. I'd also be having a little word with the teachers and explaining what's going on, and maybe somebody could speak to the stepchild and just make them aware of even though they're quite innocently saying dad wants to see you I'm sure but just to, to help them understand how it's making the other child feel but it's not yeah. bre- it's not breaching anything no yeah no worries um the next one is my partner's going through a divorce yeah uh, and it's taken three years she won't sign anything yeah uh he has been granted the divorce however the after the divorce how do we go about a clean break financial order to cut okay. all money ties if she refuses to sign yep. anything to do with this divorce in the first place? So if she doesn't sign or engage in the financial proceedings because she hasn't done so in the divorce, then you're going to have to make a court application, which always seems a little bit of a waste of time for me when it's a clean break order because the minute you make that financial application, you've got to do all the financial paperwork. You've got to do the form A, the disclosure, the questionnaires potentially, etc., etc. But if you really want your clean break, it's the only remedy because it's the only way the court's going to give you a clean break order if the other side aren't engaging. Right, I got you. Lovely. Um, and I'll, I'll keep this one quick for you. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm assuming they're just speaking directly to you, so I'm just going to read it. Okay. Um, I know you often. I know you often say courts stick to the status quo. Yeah. However, if you have a current court order that is that is child lives with mum and sees dad every other weekend and half of the school holidays, the child is now five and at school. We have moved to a rent rental property in local to the mother's house. Yeah. Um, could we get fifty fifty or at least more nights at the dad's house in the week? The mother says no after she is. As she is in her own home. So it would if if the one of the parents is saying no, then obviously we can't do that by agreement. It's going to need to go back to court. The court's not going to be um, against that if you can show it's in the child's best interests. If you can show, and obviously you do it gradually. So you would you would just shift that contact gradually more and more towards a fifty fifty. But the important thing is, how will that benefit the child? Okay, how will that benefit? And of course, depending on how old the child is, Kafkas might want to speak to the child as well. But ultimately, how is that going to benefit the child? If you can show that actually it's definitely going to benefit the child, then you've got a good chance of success. I got you. Interesting. Right. I got one more quick one. Yeah. Do I have any options to access my five-year-old sister who lives with my mum? I was kicked out two years ago. My mum refuses to let me see my, my sister unless I see my mum. I don't want, I don't wish for contact with my mum due to uh, emotional and physical abuse and attempts on controlling my life. Yeah. Is there any sort of legal application that I can make to see my sister? No, not not under the family court there isn't. No, not, not, not as a sibling. What I would be suggesting the family think about there is some family mediation. Clearly mum wants to engage with her daughter again daughters for whatever reason and things that have happened in the past doesn't want to go down there and it might be that just with some third party professional intervention we can get this family back on track so i would be suggesting a family mediator that might help right so all right this is literally just coming just a quick one um supervised contact at the minute over 16 week old 
Um, then we go back to quote, Dad wants overnight stays but won't use his address. Will the court allow overnight stays to go ahead? Without Dad's address? Yeah. Uh, without Dad's address? Well, how are they going to drop the child? I mean, yes is the answer to the question. Um, I suppose yeah. they're going to drop off at a public place then. I mean, yeah, the, I think I think what's being asked indirectly there is, you know, do I need to know father's address if he's having overnight contact? No, not really. You don't need to know. If, if it's felt safe for the child to have overnight contact with the parent, then you don't really need to know the address. As long as you've got the phone number and you've got contact details, then that's fine. Smashing. Brilliant. Right. Cheers, Trace. Thank you for that, Mart. Bye. Yes, bye. Um, in the meantime, Mart Cart, what's your question of me? Now, I recently split up with my wife six weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I'm the breadwinner of the house. and um, We have no children. It was just me, me, me and her and my dog, which obviously you can see the picture of. Yeah. And um, she's now telling me that I have a financial responsibility to tip up half my wages to her every single month until we are legally divorced. Is this true? That she's entitled to half of your income? Yeah. No, not necessarily. I mean, obviously, I'm going to say no because I don't know any more details of the case. But no, I mean, you, you've got your living needs to, to consider. Um, and obviously, we're going to have to consider what her needs are, first of all. Let's say her needs are, I don't know, £2,000 a month. Then we look at what she's got coming in. And if she has nothing coming in, then we look at why. Because the courts say that they should really go to benefits first, even if they're not working, before they make a claim against the spouse. And then whatever her deficit is, let's say she's got a deficit of £500. Well, then that's her claim for spousal maintenance. But the second part of that is to then look at your income and see, right, well, what do you need and what have you got coming in? Because you may not have the £500 to give her. It may be that you don't have anything to give her. So... I'd have to say no in the first instance, but then, of course, you know, we, we, we've got to look at both sides and, and see who needs what and what we've got available. And who actually pays the effect, uh, pays for the financial order and pays for the, the, the divorce? Well, whoever makes the application. So in the divorce, it's generally the petitioner. So if you are the one issuing the divorce petition... Um, you will pay the 593 because you're you're starting the process. And if you are the one that makes the Form A application for finances, then you'll pay the 275 uh, court fee. So it's generally the person that makes the application that pays. Brilliant. You've been fantastic. Thank you oh, for your help. You're welcome. Great channel, by the way. Thank, Thank you, you, Mark. Appreciate that. Um, right, let's go back over to the forums. I'm going to go into the children's forum now. Um, we've done some questions in divorce and we've done some in finances. Um, what I'm going to do, guys, actually, is we haven't started it this evening, but as I answer a question in the forum, I'm going to see if we can get a reply to say that it was answered on the Discord um, because then you can go to the podcast and listen to it. Um, right, so this question is from Rihanna MC. Posted it literally a couple of minutes ago, um, half six this evening. I have had a child arrangements order in place for nearly a year, which has been adhered to. This has been, uh, there has been two occasions where my son was sent home from school poorly when he was due to be picked up by his dad. I tried to arrange handover the next day when he was feeling better and he said he couldn't have him anymore. The second time, my son was severely vomiting and he was made aware of this. He had his two days contact, but just two days later when he was better. 
Father has now returned the matter to court to reinforce the order. I don't see how I breach this. Does anyone know the guidelines around a child being poorly and a court order being breached? And I don't mean having a sniffle. He would still attend if this was the case. So, Rihanna, um, ultimately, I mean, if, if we're being accurate, the order has been breached. However, the court's not going to um, enforce that breach if the child was ill. And it happened on two occasions. Given that you've had this order in place for nearly a year, was that two of 50 occasions? You know what I mean? It's all relative, isn't it? So I think dad's been a little bit silly. Um, you know, if the child's not at school because he's ill, then he can't be expected to attend contact. Although, you know, some courts or some judges will say you still send them ill um, because the other parent can look after them. But generally, if a child's ill, they just want to stay at home, stay on their own couch or in their own bed. Um, I shouldn't worry too much about that one. Right. In fact, the court might even be a little bit annoyed that dad's made the application, kind of wasting court's time. Uh, right. Next question. I'm in the children's forum is from Laura, who posted this question today at quarter past six. So not long ago, Laura, I hope you're still around to hear my answer. Laura says, hi, my children's father has a history of domestic violence and has taken me to court to try and gain access. He has never provided financially, has not seen him, uh, has not seen them in one year, has a history of drug abuse and a huge criminal record. Can you share any advice to stop all the access? So, children's father's history of domestic violence has taken me to court to try and gain access. I see. And he has never... I mean, the fact that you say, Laura, he's never provided for them financially doesn't really come into it. He hasn't seen them in a year. That's important because the court's going to, at the very least, introduce contact in a very slow and measured way. However, before we do any of that, we've got to check out these addiction issues that you raise. Um, and also the domestic violence issues. It may be that we do some hair strand testing. Those of you that listen to me regularly, you know that I'm a big fan of the hair strand testing for drugs and alcohol. Um, it may be that we need to have a fact find so that we can investigate this domestic violence allegations to make sure that if any contact is awarded, um, that the child will be safe. It can be confusing when somebody says to me, oh, they've got a huge criminal record and therefore they can't possibly have contact with the child. That's not always the case. That will depend on what the criminal record is, okay? So, you know, people can have a criminal record for all sorts of things. Maybe it's theft, uh, maybe it's, you know, shoplifting or whatever. That wouldn't necessarily be a safety concern um, for that parent to still see the child, all right? So it will depend on what's contained in that criminal record. But rest assured... Um, that the court are going to, Laura, investigate all of your concerns before they make any kind of contact order, all right? Okay, let's move on to the next one. This was posted a little bit earlier today at one o'clock this afternoon by Jem. So, Jem, I hope that you're listening. Um, Jem says, child arrangements order was made in favour of dad. Dad has since passed away. Paternal aunt is looking after the children but as of yet, not obtained an order in her own right. I've had no contact for a year as paternal aunt wouldn't allow it. I was in the process of enforcing the contact order, but it was being adjourned all the time. 
We share two adult children living near me in which the younger children are in contact with in secret from the family. How do I go about this as there is no one to take to court as there is only myself with PR? I've been informed it's my decision as to whether I exercise this, but how do I do it mindfully of the children? Thank you in advance. You just have to make the application, Gem. So in the C100 form, you would explain to the court that father has passed away. You would literally put what you've put in your question in the forum and the court would uh, list you for a hearing. They'll get CAFCAS to reach out and do a safeguarding letter. Um, and the paternal aunt may be joined as a party. So even though paternal aunt doesn't have parental responsibility, the court has the power to join somebody to an application that doesn't have PR. And in this case, it's going to be the paternal aunt, because if that's who the children are living with, that's who the court's going to want to talk to. But make the application at this stage, put the paternal aunt's details in your C100 form, um, and obviously ask the court for permission that she be joined because she won't get automatic permission um, given she uh, doesn't have PR. All right, so I hope that's helped. Um, next question is from It's. It's posted this 25th, which was Saturday. Uh, and he said, or she said, sorry, long post. I don't know what to do. I have been split up from the father of my two children for about one and a half years now. I live in rented accommodation while he remains in the joint family home. We share 50-50 childcare. He is bad-mouthing me constantly to them, calling me names, referring me to it, her, only contacting me via the children, not letting me pick up or drop off outside the family house so they have to walk down the road to get home. He refused any pick-up and drop-offs. The children are amazing at letting it go and continue to live happy with me. But when with him, they have to erase everything about me to him. Recently, I have been told that he has said some threatening things to my son about there will be trouble if he finds certain things out. I had my son in tears and not telling me why. I don't know who to reach out to as they still continue to think he is the good parent in all this situation. It's getting me down and I don't know who to talk to. I think the first thing to do there when parents are in an acrimonious co-parenting relationship is to ignore what's being said to the children, okay? What happens is if a parent decides not to speak to the parent and go through the children, then the children end up being the go-between. So if my kids came home to me and said, Mom, Dad said blah, 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 I wouldn't be going back with the message through the child. I would simply ignore it. I'd be like, thank you for giving me the message. I'll speak to Daddy about that, okay? And because you've got to stop that, that process of communication, OK, um, if the next step is that having a relationship with dad is actually not in the child's best interest because, for example, they're coming home in tears, I would be reaching out to, first of all, a mediator um, and secondly, social services. You know, social services may not get involved simply because they are so stretched and that there is no immediate fear here. But clearly you need some help. And clearly these children, whilst not in danger, there are some welfare concerns because emotionally they are being impacted by dad's co-parenting, okay? Um, if you yourself need some help, then reach out for some counselling because that can be an absolute godsend to be able to speak to somebody and you may be able to get that on the NHS, okay? Counselling's not as expensive as everyone thinks it is. 
So there are lots of people out there that will do some counselling um, and, you know, a very reasonable, reasonable cost. OK, so I hope that helps. No r real legal advice there as such. It's just sometimes trying to navigate another person's real bad co-parenting. Apologies for the lawnmower. Brendan's out doing the lawn tonight because it's the first day in about six years that it stopped draining. So he's going to see if he can get the lawns done. Um, anyway, on to the next question. I'm still in the children's forum. Uh, Nikki Daisy posted this a couple of days ago. Hi, I have three children, two from my first marriage and one from my current marriage with my abuser. I called the police on the 26th of Feb and my husband was arrested for GBH on my daughter and common assault on me. There is an investigation going on at the moment which has highlighted other forms of child abuse carried out by my husband. Can the court remove his PR eventually so we can be totally free from him? We also have a joint mortgage. I cannot afford to buy another house if we sold and split the equity. Do you know what might happen? Right, well, hang, first of all, Nikki, let's go to the first part of your question, which is, can his parental responsibility be removed? Potentially, that will depend on the abuse that he has subjected the children to, okay? So if I were you, I'd wait until the criminal investigation is over, see what the results of that are, and then you may be making an application to have the PR removed. Moving on to your next question, which is, you couldn't afford to buy another house if we sold and split the equity. So splitting the equity 50-50 um, may not be an option for you because you've got the children living with you, okay? So it may be that you get 70-30 or even 80-20. So don't necessarily rule out that you can't buy another property. But if you can't, even if you were to keep all of it um, because of your earning capacity, you couldn't get a mortgage in your sole name, then we've got what's called a measure order. And because you're married, what you could say to the court is, look, let me stay in the property until the youngest child reaches 18. And at that point, I will either buy him out or I will sell the property and then we'll split it 50-50. So there's a few options there um, for you. Don't, don't automatically think it's going to be 50-50 split. All right. Okay, we'll do one more question from the children's forum and then I'll head back over to the lounge and see who's got their hand up. Um, this is from Superdad86. How do I vary a child arrangements order without using a solicitor? Well, if you want to vary an existing order, it's the C79 form. So fill out the C79, tell the court of the existing order, the existing court, the existing case number, and give a brief outline of how you want it varied and why you want it varied. Send it in with the appropriate court fee, which will be £275, and then the court will list you for a hearing, okay? Um, and away you go, and you don't need a solicitor to do that much. Right, oh, Missy, you pipped into the post. What's your question? How are you, Missy? I've responded to the divorce. What happens next? So, what do I... What do I need to do? Yeah. I do not have a solicitor. Yeah. We so, are getting a clean break order. Okay. So the divorce and the clean break are two separate processes, HR. Now that you have returned the acknowledgement of service to the court, the court will notify your spouse so that they will apply for the conditional order in 20 weeks' time. Okay. Um, nothing more for you to do, HR, in terms of the divorce. They will apply for the conditional order in 20 weeks, and six weeks after that, they can then apply for the final order. If we go then over to the clean break order side of things, if your spouse is arranging that as well, then you'll receive that from his solicitor. 
Um, I would hope it'll be drafted by a solicitor. Um, you might want to take some legal advice on it. You may not. If it's a clean break, that means it's just nothing's being divided between you um, and it's going to sever all financial ties. You're going to sign it, send it back to the solicitor if you don't want to take legal advice. Um, and the, the financial order will be made just before your divorce is made. There we go. That's that one. That's worn down. Um, uh, this is TYS. Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce it. T's, guys. I don't know. Okay. Uh, what do I need for a Section 47 report? So do I need legal representation? As the judge has said, she will remove my 50-50 custody for other parents if there is no evidence from the police investigation. Where do I stand? So a Section 47 report is a bit like a Section 7, but it's completed by social services and it's really in-depth. Um, so it's going to be looking at all the family dynamics, who lives with who, who's the parent of who, why this matters before the court, and ultimately trying to give the court an indication of how it should be settled. So she doesn't really need to do anything. Social services may well reach out to her um, to what because they're going to want to speak to her or, or to TYS but they don't have to do anything at all it's for social services to do that report number three number three this is Lily yeah how do we do a consent order to cut finances if we both agree does it need to go to court can it be done before divorce is done how much should it cost Right, so we, if it depends what kind of order we need. If it's a clean break, um, that's going to be significantly cheaper than an order that contains some clauses. Um, is it done before the divorce? Yes, we tend to submit it to the court just before we do the final order um, for the divorce. Um, how, what, did, what else did she ask, Missy? Does she need a solicitor? Uh yes i would say she should get a solicitor to draft that order for her just because we want to make sure that it's legally binding that it's fair and reasonable that it's all correct and when i say they don't cost too much a fixed fee clean break order will do in my firm for around 500 plus the vat but if it means that your finances are protected for the rest of your days it's worth every penny to have it drafted properly by a solicitor of course moving up then depending on how many clauses we have um it you know it, it can get more and more expensive just depends what needs to go into it that's your lot lovely thank you for that missy you're very welcome okay bye surely you are next up take yourself off mute um, so hopefully two quick questions. Yeah. The first one, I've applied for my divorce. Um, I've done that bit myself. My husband has said that he's tried to respond on the portal, um, but his password didn't work. Yeah. So he has emailed his response, um, but he sent it the email address that is the pre-April 22 address. I've then forwarded his email to the correct one, but I've had um, a response saying that if I don't hear back in eight weeks, uh, I need to call them or something. But does that mean my count, my 20 week counter 
start when they finally update the portal or will they backdate it? Um, oh, that's a difficult one. I would suggest it's when they update the portal um, because, yeah, that that's the timeline. That That's when they officially received it as opposed to backdating it when the court officially received the acknowledgement. So I would say it's when they right. receive it onto the portal, yeah, which is really frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, okay, I'll try phoning again then. Um, yeah. And then the second question yeah. is on the finance side. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to have to sell our family home. Yeah. Um, but my husband is refusing to put the house on the market until yeah. we've agreed the finances. Where yeah. do I stand in that? Have I got to wait until we've got our financial agreement? Well, I mean, the thing is, if it's a jointly owned home, then you're going to need his consent to put it on the market. So, yes, unless yeah. you can get yeah, an okay. order from the court that says you can put it on the market now, that that is just dragging yeah. his feet by the sounds of it, isn't he? He's yeah, just trying absolutely. to make it as yeah, slow as possible. Yeah, so, yeah, nothing you can do there. You'll have to wait until you get that financial order. Okay, thanks right. so much for your help. That's okay. All right, bye. Thank you. Thanks, Faith. Um, so, let me know what you thought of the new format. Do you like the fact that I'm going into the forums and answering a few of the questions there? I'd be really keen to get your views, guys. Um, it's something that I thought would be really useful because I do struggle um, for time to get into the forum. And obviously, you can see there's hundreds, sometimes thousands of, of threads. And I just I just haven't got the time to go through and answer them all. So I thought I could use Discord um, to do a little bit of both, to answer some of your questions with your hands up. Um, but if you also have a question in the forum. So let me know what you think. Oh, TikTok think they're preferring the new format. Feisty Canadian says... Um, prefers the new format so yeah I'd be really keen just let me know your views guys maybe I'll get Paddy to run a poll um, oh Missy likes it thank you Missy um, we also cover way more questions generally in the lounge if I'm doing live call-ins I'll probably get between 18 to 20 questions oh thank you Mel um, but I think we got through at least 35 questions tonight so I think we can get a lot more um, answered which is which is always good anyway I am back here again tomorrow as ever we record the discord so they do go out on the podcast this this one will be out next week that's right isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you'll be able to listen to them over again on the podcasts um, yeah. but I'm back here again one more week after sorry one more week after so after Easter um, I'm back here again tomorrow at six so post some more questions in the forum because we'll do the new style again tomorrow um, and join me in the lounge put your hand up because I will I'll, I'll bob between the two and I'll ask both all right guys so until then look after yourselves and speak to you tomorrow at six bye